a lot of what we develop usually comes at these intersections that are creating tension. And you've got a lot of this individual freedom sort of narrative yeah. combined with community. And it's a great humanistic uh, yeah. study. It's very natural. Yeah. You know, this is what humans do. And that's where the interesting things come. The, yeah. the, that's how you have to get clever and yeah. um, creative to, to find the balance there. This is Inside Front Cover, the nine-episode podcast chronicling the design process behind the cover of my new book about starting Design Museum Everywhere. I'm your host, Sam Aquilano. I'm an entrepreneur and business designer. And that was Blake Goodwin and Paul Rice, co-founders of Proportion Design, starting us off on what really was our first session getting into the project to design the book cover. The phase Blake and Paul call discovery. What do they mean by discovery? Well, the proportion crew sort of turned the tables on me here, interviewing me to learn all they could about my book, my journey, and really me as a person, all in an effort to more fully understand the book uh, and in order to better design a brand and cover for the content. So to get started, let's head up to Proportions office in Malden, Massachusetts. All right, just waiting for the tea. It's just a short tea ride north of Boston. Beautiful day for a walk from Malden Center Station up to Proportions office here in Malden. Proportions office is a small walk up over a mechanic's garage, which you'd never know once you got in. Act normal. Act normal. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Oh, this is a little bit different since you've been here. Yeah. It's white and modern and beautiful throughout and somehow also is cozy with basically like a small grid of desks, a kitchenette and a conference room, all kind of laid out in a line. For the purposes of this meeting, we sit right in the bullpen of their desks and it feels like I'm part of the team. And today, Blake is sharing a presentation on the big screen that's above their desks about some of our process, you know, discovery, really looking at some of the stuff, the information that you provided yep. um, via that questionnaire. Which was a blast, by the way. Ah, really yes. Blake and I yeah. are talking about their questionnaire. A few weeks ago, Megan, another member of the Proportion team, sent me the survey they send to all new clients, and I took some time to fill it out prior to this session. Okay, Proportion brand questionnaire. Okay, put my email in. Describe what you think your project's brand will be in one concise statement. Oh boy, I'm not sure I know that yet. Let's Filling see. out this survey really got me thinking about, think about the book in I know right new now, and different so ways. And I guess that was the idea. Blake and Paul's presentation was sort of reflecting back what they heard from me in the survey, all to start a thoughtful dialogue and give them more insights on where to start with this design project. So let's get back to Proportions office and to our discovery session. Amazon because that 
I think that has changed a bit of the way we think of designing book covers. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, there's definitely been a transition point where you need that, that sort of small thumbnail icon. One inch. Exactly. (laughs) It kind of goes back to like some of the early stuff you learn about like logo designer for identities, legibility at extremely small sizes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, now we need to apply that to other areas. Totally. Um, Fortunately, we know these types of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, got the experts here. Yeah, I think your uh, feedback here, what are we working on? Obviously a nonfiction business style book that's the subject matter is a mix of design and entrepreneurship, which is fun, which we know firsthand as well. Uh, It's interesting, the the market opportunity for this effort, and I think was um, the degree of entrepreneurialism in the creative industry, that's kind of, a contemporary element at play here, which is which is fun, and I think we've we've lived part of that. And I have also seen that over the years here. I think in Greater Boston, at least. What did you say in the the, the first episode? A, a creative business. Yeah, creative um, startup. Creative startup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys started proportion, archaic. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of businesses started in the Boston area in the last. Uh, since the last recession, Since I guess. The, the big recession. <laughs> the big, the, the big one. Right? <laughs> what is a non-creative startup? I'll describe the creative startup as like creating something that like no one's really done before. Or like there's a twist to the business model or like a unique approach. Um, you could say every startup is a creative startup, <laughs> but I'll take even like proportion, right? Like you guys started this because you want to do a lot of different types of creative work. I mean, that's, yeah. that's unique, right? You're not like specializing so deep down. We had, I wrote about this in the book. We hired this, like, I won't name them, this marketing uh, consultant company to like help us, you know, promote the museum. And they were kind of selling us and their like case study was like this yacht company that like sells yachts. And I was like, red flag (laughs) because it's easy to sell yachts, right? Like it's, you have one product, right? you pretty much know who your customer is. And so like maybe a yacht dealership isn't a creative startup. Right, right. Uh, okay. That's but a, good point. a design museum that doesn't have a building, that does exhibitions all over the city, has a, has a podcast, has a magazine, like that's a creative startup that like needs multiple business models or like a new business model. I think we're seeing these creative startups because the market and just our whole, I mean, COVID, the internet, everything's like making us think differently about like how to create value, capture value, yeah, build sustainability. So yeah, that's what, you know, this book is about one particular creative startup, but kind of shows how you can start something creatively, no matter what you're doing. I hope, I hope that advice comes through. Well, an interesting thing on that note is, you know, you started the design museum as a museum without a, a physical space, which post-pandemic is a very interesting concept. Yeah. <laughs> so to you, what is the definition of museum? To me, it's always been about, or it's about the things that I like about museums. You can go, I've always felt like I belong at museums. I can go, I can learn in a place that like is not judging me. I love that I can go to the science museum, and learn about science. I am not a scientist. Uh, I like that they can be about community 
and meeting people there. Like I still remember like school trips mm-hmm. to museums, totally mind opening of like, here I am with my classmates and we're entering this community of like curators and docents and just getting this like hug <laughs> of knowledge. That's what I took away from museums, like as a kid and as like a you know, human. And it's that's sort- like what I applied here. It's sort of bringing that, that knowledge that someone has and, and, and bringing it down to a level that, that everyone can understand and, and interact with. That is it, the book. I mean, that's what's trying to like open this up. So you, your book is a museum? Yeah, I think so. A museum of how to a do museum, this. A museum of the museum. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's stories. Um, and I think if you look at Design Museum, if you really analyze what, what we do and what we feature in our exhibitions, it's stories. You know, if someone asked me, like, what is the one word that describes Design Museum? I would say accessibility. Yeah. Was the intent to have a building, the first concept? Definitely. And, and so then what was the opportunity that you saw in that regard, that there just wasn't enough design museums? Yeah, so there, the, the original opportunity was still, you know, it's actually funny. The first idea we had was to create a traveling exhibition. Okay. Our, and our brilliant idea was like, here we are two designers and we're going to create an exhibition that showed how much design happened in Massachusetts because people, we talked about this in our first interview, like everyone's like New York, you know, Portland, wherever. (laughs) And Boston just wasn't seen as like a creative hub. We still feel this. Um, And so Derek and I were like, we're going to change that so much. We we saw design as like an export of Boston and Massachusetts. And we wanted to like go on a road show. And then we were like, what are we talking about? Why just do one exhibition? Like, let's do a whole museum. There was no design museum in Boston, right. even though there's every other type of museum yep. in this city. And like we're saying, a lot of design, tons of design, yeah, tons. And so, yeah, the opportunity was to teach people about design, but we were still kind of foundationally in that mode of like what it is, a museum is typically. Right. Um, and yeah, with the recession, that just, I mean, <laughs> We could have either given up or, as we did, change you know, our direction. How much of that um, balance have you had to manage of really thinking you can do anything and really blindly going for something and having the, the wherewithal and intelligence and, and reflection to know when to shift or pivot? And yeah, that's a great like. question. The, I wrote about this in the book. Um, just like the, and I'm not the first person to talk about this, but like the naivete <laughs> that it takes yeah. to like start something. In fact, um, in the interview with Derek, I'm not sure if it made it into the episode cut, but you know, he was like, if we knew now right. what it would have taken or what it takes, we would have been so frozen with fear and intimidation that we never would have moved forward. I mean, being two, you know, 26, 27 year olds, without families, without real, any real responsibilities and not knowing made us almost like invincible to like people being like, this is going to be impossible. So many people were like, what are you trying to do? You can't do this. This is impossible. And we were like, why are they telling us that we can't do this? We can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, you know, that <laughs> optimism runs into reality at many points, including the, when we were trying to get a building, trying to raise money, and the recession was just like a brick wall. Like we, there was no way we were gonna raise enough money to sign a lease or anything in terms of a traditional museum. And that, that like heady optimism, we were like, okay, <laughs> if we still wanna do this, how can we change directions? And that's happened 
you know, multiple times over the 13. I I used to teach entrepreneurship at Babson. And I mean, I'll be open and transparent with you guys. I got to a point where the museum was so difficult where I I saw myself in the mirror scaring these kids. I call them kids. They're adults. (laughs) Students. But scaring them of like, you're going to have to sacrifice everything. You don't even know. You don't even know what this is going to take. And I remember being like, I mean, thank God. I was like self-aware enough to be like, I have to pull it back. Pull it back. And I was like, I have to stop teaching right now. And as you know, you, you have these hard periods in entrepreneurship. Yeah. I'm sure you guys know all about that. Um, and you just have those moments. And I shouldn't have been teaching other people about startups at that point in my life. Now I'm ready again. Now you're ready. I'm now ready. You got the yeah, book. Writing the book. In those moments, it's those key tenants that are absolutely essential, right? For us is accessibility, uh, community, mm-hmm. and then the whole idea, the notion that design actually can make a better world. Like those three things in those hard times. Those tenants though, is, you know, I think you could then, if we're being reflective about things, it's not completely blind optimism. It's there yeah. are some foundational elements that you have a belief in that you're pursuing. Yeah, yeah you have then, real values that you know Derek I and think, I shared. Yeah, that's that's the big thing for for folks starting something, no matter what position they may be in, whether it's you know no responsibilities <laughs> like you right. said that help with the the naivete. Yeah. Or if there's a lot of responsibilities for something, if somebody still believes in something, yeah, you kind of need to pursue it. Oh yeah, I mean that in, in a blind, yeah. optimistic way. We're like two lines into this this deck that we're in, <laughs> and you know this is discovery. This is I love discovery. This is exactly. part of the process. Yeah. Good, good. The questionnaire and sort of the the deck and the presentation that we develop as more of a jumping off point for discussion. Yeah. And that's where you get the, the yeah. pieces and, and information that um, then spur into, into the design and into yeah. the brain. On that note, uh, the third line on this page, <laughs> <laughs> I think a good summary of the design opportunity for this book, the cover uh, that you mentioned is clean, catchy, and easy to read slash view. Uh, and that goes back, especially now to what we we're talking about, what Amazon has done with yeah. these little thumbnails of book covers mm-hmm. and, uh, an element of sophistication was noted. Now, what do you mean by sophistication? I think the story is fun and it's like interesting. And we're talking about creativity. There's like different ways that could go. Some books, they're like creativity and it's like a pencil drawing, you know, like a sketch. Or, yeah, light bulb, you know, there's just some uh, motifs or symbols around creativity that I think lack sophistication. And I think at the end of the day, even though this is about a creative startup and I have fun and the team at Design Museum has fun and it's just important. It's serious. Like it's a story. And particularly when you think, when I think about other people reading this book who might be starting something. I take that very seriously that like they're going to learn something and maybe it helps them break through a block that they're having like in their startup or I mean the whole first chapter is about convincing yourself to even start and like move forward. Right. Um, that's very serious because I really, you know, the story of design museum is that like in 2009, Derek and Sam had this idea 
And in 2006, I had this idea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then for three years, I was muddled in self-doubt and reflection and like did things to help get myself out of that. But you guys would love, like I, we talked about the building, like I made a mock-up of a logo for design museum and like photoshopped it under like a brick wall yeah. being like, this is the front of the design museum. And I like stared at it on my screen. And I was like, <laughs> with my you know, face in my hands being like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. What does this make me feel? Um, so yeah, anyway, there's a seriousness to the journey yeah. that I think, um, should be part of, you know, the that, cover. That's the funny thing about, um, you know, entrepreneurship and, and, you know, a lot of people think it's, it's all about that big idea. Ideas are cheap. Oh, God. <laughs> Everyone has ideas. It's yeah. all about execution. And, and that's, what's great about this, this book. There's so many concepts and themes within this book, but like from an entrepreneurial standpoint, two things I definitely wanted to have in here. One, that it's not just exciting and I had this light bulb moment and that it's like struggle and like introspection. And then the other is this whole notion, um, Sarah Hartman, who's on our council, wrote this article about the hero's journey. And like we often tell our entrepreneurial startup stories like they're a movie, like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, that like right. he as a, an exceptional, exceptional individual overcame this thing. She, you know, that's never the case. And that's not the case with Design Museum. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say like Sam and Derek are the heroes. There are so many people who helped us make it. She has this whole notion of like the best entrepreneurial stories are actually like heist movies, like Ocean's Eleven, where there's mm -hmm. like, 11 characters who band together mm. and that is reality i mean it definitely helps and there's you know a whole chapter on the importance of co-founder that alone right and celebrating derek's i mean to, to say um contribution is underselling it yeah derek's pr participation mind thoughtfulness everything he put into this museum as well is part of the story and you know i might be the author but you know he he is the museum as well. Yeah. So even that helps having a co-founder helps break you out of that. Like I am exceptional because it, look at what it does. Um, and then your mention about the differentiation that you're going to bring to this market space is um, the fact that it's a professional firsthand account of all of this, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. which, which is big. That's, that's yeah. And actually it's good. You know, after I just got done saying how important it is about the team and the whole story, let's just be honest. One of the reasons I'm writing this book is to elevate myself <laughs> as a thought leader, right. right. In this space, like, let's just be straight. Yeah. So I think there's something there. Um, you've read, you know, um, you know, book can be like a gateway into like speaking engagements or other books, like who knows? So that's typically where like very few authors actually make money <laughs> writing books. And I was like, oh, like I have a unique story. Like maybe that's my next right. thing of like, maybe I do start teaching again or whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, in many ways, I wish this book existed when I, you know, was a young designer and wanted to start something. But I'll say even like now, like I love reading, like I, over the last couple of years, I've read like 
entrepreneurial stories. Like I read about the founding of Instagram. That was a super interesting story. I think there is a group of people out there in market that enjoys like these like startup stories. So that's like one angle of just like, um, I think also a lot of curiosity factor, even people, as I've been writing this and like talking to even people on our board, they're like, Oh, I can't wait to read this because I don't know the story. Like I've been on the board the last two years, but I don't know what you were thinking back then. So there is some, like you read these entrepreneurial stories and you kind of take the nuggets of, uh, advice and information and apply them. Even if you're just running a business now, right. right? That's not, that's where like the business book kind of concept rolls in. Um, so that's where it, like, you're getting to like the challenge I feel like of this cover, because like this book is trying to do a couple things and therefore appeal to a couple different people. Like I want those people who are like, oh, I'm curious and I love reading these entrepreneurial stories because secretly I want to be an entrepreneur, but I would never leave my job. So I like love, you know, vicariously living through this. And then people are like, I am trying to start something and I'm super frustrated because I don't know how, oh, I can read about someone who actually did it, found some success and is like willing to not just like share the Luke Skywalker version, share the like real, but like if we just target creatives, I feel like we missed the opportunity to like get more like the business yeah. interest and also like just straight entrepreneurship crowd. I think that development of community, anybody can relate to that. Mm. You know, just thinking about the, the idea of clever. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, how, how does that translate into this, this book? Yeah. As it translate into the, the cover the title, the, yeah. the brand essence of, of this book. Are there any elements though, any connection? I mean, obviously there will be connection to the design museum. Yeah. It's a book about starting it. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like there should be any visual connection, even just a little bit? Yeah. There's gotta be something. Um, and that's why I'm just so glad I'm working with professionals <laughs> because it has to be there and not be there. It's like yeah. the most subtle, yeah, the, the proper proportion, the proper proportion <laughs> of like someone who is associated with the design museum and like is part of our community and knows us should see this book and be like, boom. Yeah. This is clearly Sam's account of starting the design museum. Also someone who, maybe has never heard of it actually doesn't care is more into like, what am I going to learn from this entrepreneurial journey is about accessibility. It's about people coming together, you know, community. Um, the brand wasn't designed around startup and entrepreneurship and business, right. it was around museum and bringing people together, which great, this book should do, but it's not a full story. Uh, it's funny. Some of the best questions we have in there in the, in the questionnaire towards the end, or if your brand was a car or, or a, um, uh, a vehicle of some I love sort that question That's or a place, what place would it be? What car would it be? Mm-hmm. Yours was pretty good. Your car is the Rivian RT one or is it the R one T I believe. Oh yeah. Something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, being innovative, useful, well-designed, fun, hidden features, versatile, um, Rivian's fun because I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, what are some of the industry standards that we need to operate within yeah. and where can we be unique and clever? You know, I've always argued that Tesla didn't look like one of those crazy far out electric cars that we got during the 90s and the early 2000s that looked like nobody's going to drive this. Yeah. 
smiley face. Yeah, yeah, right. like just dead on arrival sorts yeah. of things. Like that's not what the industry needs. The Rivian, for example, is like this really cool take on a on what looks to be a, a classic sort of truck form. Um, and you then can pull a camping stove. Okay, yeah. here's where Paul really yeah. cuts to the core of the conversation well and really the core of the book I'm trying to write. What's what's the through line of the book from first chapter to last chapter? Yeah, let me pull up this. What, what's something that you you continue to to punch in in each of those chapters that that creates this complete narrative? I mean, one is definitely community for one like just the fact that like you could start something alone but that's they're going to be the long way right i think i've used the phrase the community never let us down like 10 times <laughs> and i need to edit that um but the community never disappointed us um so one through line i think is people um and trying to break that like this is my idea, therefore I have to own everything about it. If it was just Derek and I toiling on this, but the fact that like we opened it up, how do you do that? You ask questions, you invite people, their ideas, you actually listen to them and do <laughs> what they suggest, you at least try it. We had that going on in spades that people felt like they could be, I can remember like our first volunteer meetings where people, volunteers were like coming up with some good shit. We were doing it and they were like, you could tell they were like, that's why I'm here. I'm here to like contribute right. my ideas and do it. So that's definitely part of the book. I think another piece, I don't say a step-by-step step of like how you could actually do something yourself, but it's pretty damn close. Was it three easy steps? I have three parts. Uh, really? Part one was starting, <laughs> not that I would use it. Part one is starting up. Part two was learning and doing. And part three was opportunities everywhere. And then there's 11 chapters within that. I think this book is about like inspiring people who I just want people to know like you can do it. Like you can start a design firm because you're creative enough. You know, you've right. got the ideas. Entrepreneurship isn't for everyone, but you can also have that confidence of an entrepreneur in anything that you do. So right. it's like, I don't know, I, I if there was a, one other time, it's like, is it a self-help book? <laughs> Maybe. I, I had, I was so lucky that so many, you know, I have a chapter about naysayers, but there were so many people who were like, you can do this. Like they believed in Derek and I like so deeply. And I just like, I know not everyone has that. So like maybe that people can read this book and be like, Sam believes in me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it should be great. At this point, Blake is showing a slide on screen that has nine brand characteristics on one side and then nine on the other side. So. And then it draws lines between them. So it forms nine different continuums that the team had me try to place the book's brand on. So for example, there's a continuum between youthful and mature, a continuum between modern and classic, and so on. And so then the proportion team mapped my answers across those nine continuums into sort of a DNA sequence of brand attributes that we, we can talk about. You from one side of the one side of the graph to the other, elementary versus sophisticated, personable versus reserved. There's usually a lot of tension between those ones. Um, yeah. Where how do you how do you present as sophisticated but also be personable? Right. Um, is is an interesting tension. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, this is a cool way to look at it. 
It's a sliding scale. Sliding yeah. scale between these categories of attributes. Yeah, it's like even seeing this. I know I gave the answers that produced these dots on these continuums, but it's like, how do you be serious and accessible? Uh, yeah. Serious, yeah. <laughs> it's sophisticated, serious, mature, while also be personable and accessible. Mm -hmm. Very interesting tension there, building. Mm -hmm. This chart was really cool. I'll make sure to share the visual on the blog at insidefrontcover.com so you can check it out. What is the most pivotal moment of your book? I'll answer this in, I guess, three ways, because there's the pivot that Design Museum we had to make to survive, which was, we're going to be nomadic, we're going to be pop-up, we don't need the expense of a building, and being very honest and open about what that meant, right? That's a pivot for a business, and every business has to struggle and get through pivots. Pivotal moments for me, it's like chapter one <laughs> of, like, just deciding to do it, mm -hmm. like, and... And, um, and that might be the easy answer. And I think it hits on like uniqueness of this book. Most, I think entrepreneurial stories would start on my chapter two, <laughs> Sam and Derek met right. and created this amazing thing. And I just want to take one step back and be like, when does something actually start? When does it exist? How, you know, this line of like, you're the first customer of your own idea. Like it's so true. Then we just forget that because we're not about sharing feelings, you know, in our culture, especially men. And I'm like, I have to tell that part of it. So that's one I'll say. And another, I think, was sort of like, I think a pivotal, like when someone reads this, will be this whole chapter seven. This whole idea that like entrepreneurs jump off the cliff into their idea mm -hmm. and that's it. And that is not my that's story. not the case. Yeah. yeah. And that's not very few people's stories. It's it's good to remind them through this type of narrative that no, it's more about the small steps and the grind and the work that you're putting in rather than all these other things. I've always told people because a lot of the, the easy narrative, that piece of candy is the, you know, the Zuckerberg or whoever this, this 0.00001% of companies that get to this big mm -hmm. unicorn valuation or something. And totally. it happened overnight and blah, blah, blah. It's a totally unique idea. It's like, no, well, I, I, we don't need to be that point out. We need to be one of the 10 that survive mm -hmm. and we need to celebrate that. Totally. And doing that alone is through work. But Thanks guys. It was yeah. an awesome conversation. Great questions. Definitely understand how you guys work in terms of like teasing out, you know, the stories and the key bits that are going to play into, um, the rest of the projects. So. We're essentially brand therapists. I love it. Yeah. It's asking the right questions. This conversation really did dig so deep and get to the core of why I'm writing this book, who I am as an author, and you know what's important to convey to the future audience of my story. And this is design. Even though the proportion team hasn't created any graphics yet, this is the process. Just think if I had showed up to this meeting and they had a bunch of cover designs they came up with from who knows what, what would they be based on? Certainly, they wouldn't be based on my dreams, desires for this book. Uh, it would have been, you know, I guess like a leap in the dark for them. And I'm sure they would have shown really cool designs, but they wouldn't have been relevant to my story and the mission of this book. 
you know, without this discovery phase, you risk creating generic, boring design or self-referential designs that really are only based on what the designer thinks is important and not what the client wants and what the client needs. Being interviewed by Blake and Paul in this discovery session has me thinking about going back into some of the chapters I've already written and adding more bits of my personal story, some of the stuff we talked about to provide a more full context for the Design Museum story. And that's the power of this early dialogue, getting all of us on the same page, making us think, generally aligning us so that we can proceed through the process together and confident that we all know where we're coming from and have a vision for where we're going. Next week, we'll get into market competition and comparables. Lucky for the proportion team, I shared tons of business design and startup books I thought might be playing in the same sort of space as my book. So we'll be looking at those and we'll get a sense for what other folks are doing in this segment of the market with their brands and cover designs. So I'll be heading back to Proportion next week. Inside Front Cover is written and produced by me, Sam Aquilano. Our theme music is Creative Week by Immersive Music. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk again next week.